We're on. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillah. Wassalatu wassalamu ala Rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala. Welcome everybody to the Safina Society Nothing But Facts live stream. And today is a Monday, a rainy and uh, uh, a damp Monday in the state of New Jersey where witches have been trying to astral project themselves into the state of New Jersey to get a piece of Jersey. But they got rejected. So, firstly, to be honest with you, when I posted that thing about astral projection, I thought it was some kind of magic or some whatever nonsense. Now it's supposed to be uh, trying to intentionally have an out-of-body experience. But it's only the witches who do this stuff anyway, right? No one does this stuff. You don't talk to regular people who do this stuff. And secondly, it's... um, they probably do spells and whatever to do it to, to get there, right? And whatever they imagine themselves to be doing. So after we read from Surah Al-Layl, we're actually going to look into this because now I'm curious, right? Most people, they read up on something before they post about it. I just shoot from the hip. It's all a bunch of magic to me, right? Uh, witchcraft or whatever they imagine themselves to be doing. So let us turn to... Surah Al-Layl in Asbab Al-Nuzul in my iBooks. Why did you close me out? I had, I had it open to the bookmark. We got IBT, Archie in Islington, uh, Nabila XHY, Hiba and only one, Hiba one and only, Shaban Khan, or as the Egyptians say, Shaban Khan. Uh, PDF is here, PDF re- refutation. All right, here we go. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillah. Wassalatu wassalamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala. Surah Al-Layl. Asbab al-Nuzul by Sayyidina al-Imam al-Siyuti. And he just gives you some ahadith. And there's only one or two entries. There's only three yeah, three entries for Surah Al-Layl. Like Asbab al-Nuzul, the, the, the circumstances I want rich around which a verse was revealed, doesn't, there's not every single verse has that. So if a surah has maybe 15 verses, there may be like two. Two mentions of the circumstance around which this verse was revealed. So it's not like every single verse. أَخْرَاجَ إِبْنُ أَبِي حَاتِمٍ وَغَيْرُهُ مِنْ طَرِيقِ الْحَكَمْ إِبْنِ إِبَّانِ عَنْ عِكْرِمَ عَنْ إِبْنِ عَبَّاسٍ أَنَّ رَجُلًا كَانَتْ لَهُ نَخْلَ فرعها في دار رجل فقير ذي عيال فكان الرجل إذا جاء فدخل الدار فصعد إلى النخلة ليأخذ منها التمرة فربما تقع تمرة فيأخذها صبيان الفقير So a man he had a, a palm tree that its branch was tipping into the palm, palm into the uh, over the neighbor now this neighbor he was poor. So whenever the man would go and get some dates, some of the dates would fall into the property of, of the poor man. And some of his children would take the dates. So... 
So the man, he used to actually take the dates from his kids. From the kids. Like his own dates fell onto the poor man's uh, property. So he would go to the poor man's property, grab the dates from his kids, from the little boys and girls. And if there was a date in in the kid's mouth, he would say, get it out, it's my date. So the neighbor's like, you complain to the prophet's last time. What is this? This is like excessive. One or two dates, are you that stingy? فَقَالَ إِذْهَبْ وَلَقِيَ النَّبِي صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ صَاحِبُ النَّخْلَةِ Okay. So the prophet وسلم, said, let's go talk to the man. And the prophet وسلم, said, give me your, 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 your date palm. Okay. فَرْعُهَا فِي دَارِ فُلَانْ وَلَكَ بِهَا نَخْلَةً فِي الْجَنَّةِ And the trade-off, get, get, let me take ownership of this. The prophet's saying, let, give me the date palm. And you'll have one in paradise. I guarantee you one in paradise. Well, if the prophet guarantees him a date palm tree in paradise, what does that imply? Well, that implies that the man himself is going to paradise, right? So, فَقَالَ الرَّجُلْ لَقَدْ أَعْطَيْتُ كَذَا وَإِنَّ لِي لَنَخْلًا كَثِيرًا وَمَا فِيهِ نَخْلَةٌ أَعْجَبْ إِلَيَّ تَمْرَةً مِنْهَا So he said, I have a lot of date palms. I'm not in need of date palms. But this one is specific produces the best dates. I can't do away with it. ثم ذهب الرجل ولقي رجلا كان يسمع الكلام من رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم. So, okay. It, he didn't do it. He didn't go for the deal. He kept going. And all of a sudden, another man came up to him. And he said, um, I heard what the Prophet was saying to you. Okay. So he came to the Prophet first. He says, أَتُعْطِينِي يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ مَا أَعْطَيْتَ الرَّجُلِ إِنْ أَنَا أَخَذْتُهَا O Messenger of Allah, will you give me the same thing, same guarantee, if I'm able to obtain this, this date palm? قَالَ نَعَمْ He said, yes, you have the deal. فَذَهَبَ الرَّجُلِ فَلَقِيَ صَاحِبَ النَّخْلَةِ He went then, this third man now, to the palm tree owner. All right. They both are in the date palm business. فقال له صاحب النخلة أشعرت أن محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أعطاني بنخلتي الماثلة في دار فلان نخلة في الجنة فقلت له لقد أعطيت ولكن يعجبني ثمرها ولي نخل كثير وما فيه نخلة أعجب إلي ثمرة منها. Okay, so he's the chit chat and he said, oh, what were you saying with the prophet? So he then says, uh, well, I was uh, the prophet peace be upon him. He wanted to take this date palm. And he promised me a date palm in the paradise. I said, oh, Messenger of Allah, I'll definitely uh, would have done that. But this one is special. Like, of all the date palms I have, the fruit of this one is special. So the man says, let's make a deal. They're both businessmen in the date palm business. So he said, not la illa an biha ma wa la He says, I can't trade this one. I cannot sell this one unless... Um, you give me my asking price, which I don't think you can. So he said, well, what's your asking price? فَكَمْ مُنَاكَ فِيهَا مُنَاكَ فِيهَا قَالَ أَرْبَعُونَ نَخْلَ I'll only trade this one away for 40 date palms. 40 palm trees. That's a massive amount of dates and money. قَالَ لَقَدْ جِئْتَ بِأَمْرٍ عَظِيمٍ He said, that's a huge price. لَقَدْ جِئْتَ بِأَمْرٍ عَظِيمٍ This is a humongous price. Then he re- remained silent for a while. 
Then he said, all right, I'll give you the 40. Right? فَشْهَدْ لِي إِنْ كُنْتَ صَادِقًا فَدَاعَ قَوْمَهُ فَشْهَدْ لَهُ فَأُشْهِدَ لَهُ ثُمَّ ذَهَبَ إِلَى رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صلى الله عليه وسلم. He said, all right, it's a deal. He paused because 40, it's a lot. He said, but bring everyone together and let everyone be witness to the deal. They were all witness to the deal. So he then went to the Prophet said, So the, the man said, I've acquired that date problem. That was the problem between these two people. I acquired it, and now I give it to you. Then he said, So the Prophet then went to the poor man, and he said, this date palm is now yours and for your kids. Let them eat however they wish. No hard feelings. No one will be crying. Then Surah Al-Layl was revealed after this incident. Okay. Until the end of the Surah. He said it's a very rare narration. وأخرج ابن أبي حاتم عن عنوة أن أبا بكر الصديق أعتق سبعة سبعة كلهم يعذب بالله أبو بكر الصديق in Mecca freed seven Muslim slaves who were being tortured because of their being Muslim وسيجنبها الأتقى came down and it was referring to Abu Bakr Siddiq, according to this hadith. Atqa, meaning the, those who are most pious shall avoid the hellfire. Why is this air conditioning keep turning on? Like I've never seen, is it on a schedule? That's why. Timer on. We need to get timer off. I don't want a timer at all. Just on or off. We'll decide. No timers. Okay. Sorry for the audience about that, but... وأخرج الحاكم عن عامر بن عبد الله بن الزبير عن أبيه قال قال أبو قحافة لأبي بكر Who was Abu Bakr's father's name? That is Abu Quhafa. Abu Quhafa is the name of Abu Bakr's father. So Abu Bakr's nickname is Ibn Abi Quhafa. أراك تعتق رقابا ضعافا فلو أنك أعتقت رجلا جلدا يمنعونك ويقومون دونك يا بنيا so he's not a Muslim. At this point, he was not a Muslim. Later on, he became a Muslim. But he says, son, you keep freeing these slaves, paying a lot of money to free these weak slaves. At least free strong slaves. They'll owe you something, right? And they'll protect you from Quraysh. They're beating you and attacking you for your worship. He said, father, I'm not doing this for myself. I, I seek only with what is, what is with Allah. I seek only what is with Allah. فَنَزَلَتْ هَذِهِ الْآيَةِ فَأَمَّا مَنْ أَعْطَى وَاتَّقَى Then the verse came down, whoever gives and, free, uh, uh, and fears. In other words, he gives for the sake of Allah and he has taqwa of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In another narration, Al-Bazzar narrates, عَنْ إِبْنِ الزُّبَيْرِ قَالَ نَزَلَتْ هَذِهِ الْآيَةِ وَمَا لِأَحَدٍ عِنْدَهُ مِنْ نِعْمَةٍ تُجْزَى no one has a blessing. No one will do something good 
except they will get reward. This is part of divine justice. You don't do anything good except you get a reward for it, either in this life or the next. Uh, that it came down in Abu, for Abu Bakr Siddiq. So that's the Asbab Nazul of Surah Al-Layl. Let's do Surah Al-Fajr. Let's go up to do Surah Al-Fajr because Surah Al-Fajr is only two entries. أخرج ابن أبي حاتم عن بريدة في قوله يا أيتها النفس المطمئنة يا أيتها النفس المطمئنة O soul that is at peace with itself Why is the soul at peace with itself? Because your beliefs and your actions they no longer contradict That's how a soul is at peace with itself When your beliefs and actions no longer contradict then that's called the nafs المطمئنة It's at peace with itself There's no contradiction up here Nothing ever that they would say to yourself, I wish I hadn't done that. Okay. And that he says here in this narration of Ibn Abi Hatim from Buraida that it had to do with Umar ibn Khattab. Because he never believed a thing except he made himself follow it right away, no hesitation. Like he went from somebody who was about to kill the Messenger وسلم, in the same day, almost got killed for the Prophet. Same day. Because Abdullah bin Umar was seven years old. His son was seven years old when his dad became Muslim. And then he said, my father entered Islam. And then he went to the Prophet ﷺ that day, having intended to kill him. But he had become Muslim on the way. Because a man saw the anger in his face. He said, where are you going? He said, I'm going to finish Muhammad. And then he said, well, why don't you worry first about your own family? He said, what do you mean? He said, your sister's Muslim. So you're all worried about the Prophet, peace be upon him, and all the, uh, everyone else. Your own sister's Muslim. So then he goes to his sister's house, bangs on the door, smashes it down. The, her brother-in-law, who is Saeed ibn Zaid, he runs for his life, hides in a closet. The sister's there. She's not afraid of her brother. She says to him, uh, what is it? She, he says, I heard you, enter, you became Muslim. And she said, I did, and so what? Like what? I'm not afraid of you. So when she answers him back, he smacks her. He hit her so hard, she starts bleeding on her cheek. Then Omar felt really bad. When he saw blood on his sister, like he, felt, he, he felt bad. So he did have a lot of goodness inside of him. But it was covered up by a lot of anger. And, and jahiliyyah. So when he felt bad, he sat down. And then he said, okay, let, let me at least look at it. The Quran. There was a small... Uh, like a parchment or something that they had written on. And she said, don't touch it. You're najis. Go purify yourself. So he actually goes, takes a shower. Now when he takes a shower, what do you think happened? He cooled off, right? He's very cool now. Now he comes to the house and he recites from Surah Taha. Immediately, the light enters his heart and he says, this is nothing other than the truth. And then her his brother-in-law, Saeed ibn Zaid, comes out and he starts teaching him about Islam. And then he tells him where the Prophet ﷺ studies. And he teaches on, uh, at this hour. Now at that very same time, that man, the original man who saw Omar was angry, he ran to, to where the Prophet was, which is in a house called the house of Arqam, Darul Arqam. And he would teach there. And they would have gatherings there. So he had ran and he had to warn them, Omar is coming, he's got his sword and he's filled with rage. But I stalled him a little bit. So everyone's tense. And they're waiting. 
Because when Omar comes, it's, he's strong-willed. He's very hard to stop. Finally, when he comes, they hear a very gentle knock on the door. And they thought, this doesn't sound like someone angry at all. They looked, it was Omar. So Hamza said, let me get it. The Prophet was Hamza was as strong, just like Omar. The Prophet said, I'll get the door. He opened the door, and before Omar could say a word, he grabbed Omar and pulled him in. He says, Omar only understands strength. So that's what the Prophet displayed. He grabbed him by his clothes, and he yanked him towards him. And he said, when will you submit? And he said, now, O Messenger of Allah. And, and all of the Sahaba could not believe what they just saw, because they, they were ready for a big fight. And Omar's anger is a problem for everybody. Nobody can stop him. He was very headstrong. So then massive takbirs happened in the house. Then Sayyidina Omar came in, was welcomed. It is said that he was the 40th. 39 converts, he was number 40. And that Sayyidina Omar then was sitting and the Prophet spoke a little and, and everyone spoke to him and, and he learned and he took some knowledge. Then he spoke right away. Like he just, he, he does not have gray areas. Sayyidina Omar. He has a self-control on himself. He said, is this not the religion of the truth? Aren't you? You're the prophet of Allah. Then the prophet said, said yes. He said, then why are we sitting hiding here in this, in this little house? The prophet said, then what do you propose? He said, we go out and we tell the world. So they went with Hamza on the right side and Omar on the left side and the Muslims were walking behind them shouting, La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah throughout Mecca. Sayyidina Omar is the one who initiated that. Like it's a public display. Here we are. We're not hiding. From that time on, there was no hiding. There was no fear. And when they saw that Omar had joined the Prophet ﷺ, they realized this, it's a compl- this is completely different now. All of Islam, is the, the whole struggle is now completely different. This is not just, like for them before that, it was like a menace that they just had to keep at bay. Now, it's a big problem. Because Sayyidina Omar, they know he's not going to stop. They did this march all around the Mecca and the, and, and, the, and, the, and the Kaaba. And everyone saw it. And then the sun became very hot, so everyone left. Everyone went to, to seek refuge from the sun. Well, Omar didn't. He didn't take a nap that day. He went around knocking on everyone's door. This is his own words. We're knocking on the door of the people who would be most annoyed at this. Who would be really most annoyed at this? He went to Abu Jahl. Abu Jahl, he said, so welcome son of my, uh, I think son of my sister because he's related to him through the mother's side. And he said, I'm now a Muslim. He slammed the door shut in his face. Then Abdullah bin Omar, the son now, says, I went with him the rest of the day. He went from chief to chief to chief, like some important person, and he started picking fights in every neighborhood and he would fight and brawl physically. All the way until Maghrib. There was no salah, right? It's just, this is my new thing. I'm Muslim now, and I'm fighting with, he's fighting with every, he's picking the fight, right? And this is, you need to direct. You want to be the, 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 the follower, or you want to be instigating, right, what's going on. So he ends up, he ends up fighting all the way until Maghrib, and then he just said he got tired. And when he got tired, he couldn't fight anymore. So he was just getting pummeled. 
until finally one of the elders and one of the chiefs said, don't make sure you don't kill him because he does have a big clan and they're going to want blood money for this. So they stopped. That's the only reason they stopped. So it ends up that Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab, he's literally just, it's black or it's white. There's no uh, gray areas with him. And that as soon as he entered Islam, everything was just stopped. All the wrong things that he used to do, like forget, obviously idol worship, but also drinking alcohol. All the things that were bad, he just stopped it right away. And so this ayah, Ya ayatuha nafsul mutma'inna, they said that, specific, of course it's general for everybody, but O soul that is at peace, it's to Umar ibn Khattab. Now that doesn't necessarily mean that a person fulfills all the virtues of Islam right away. Right? So he still had, to, if you look at Sayyidina Umar, because he's so public, everything about him is public, like he's not a private person. You can see the change in him. He goes from like almost rash, like he wants you, you mess around, off with your neck. He looks at the, the victory of Islam over falsehood. What Sayyidina Umar later on looked at was guidance of people. But the dominant view was, we're not going to slow down because you need time to get guided. You can get guided or not get guided quick. We're coming, right? That was Sayyidina Umar's mentality. Whenever he saw something doing something wrong, you should be eliminated, punished, killed. Well, the Prophet said and would look at, let's give him another chance. So maybe he'll enter Islam later. Maybe guidance will hit his heart later. So Sayyidina Umar's perspective on things was not your personal guidance. It was the, the general success of Islam. Because when the Islam in general is successful, more people will be guided. So you're just in the way right now. But yet the messenger was a messenger of mercy and would always advocate for the individual. Forgive the individual, give him another chance. Even if that means that there will be a little bit of a slower progress of the ummah at large. وَأَخْرَجَ مِن طَرِيقِ جُوَيْبِرْ عَنِ الضَّحَاكِ عَنِ ابْنَ عَبَّاسِ Maybe he means وَأُخْرِجَ قَالَ مَنْ يَشْتَرِي بِئْرْ رَوْمَةَ يَسْتَعْذِبُ بِهَا غَفْرَ اللَّهُ لَهُ يُسْتَعْذَبُ بِهَا Who will buy oh, a certain well that people could drink from May Allah forgive him So Uthman purchased it then the Prophet ﷺ said, Is it, would you give it for free for the people? Make it a public well? He said, Naam. He said, Yes. So then at that point, O soul at peace came down. Okay. And let's take one more Surah Al Ghashiyah. You notice Surah Al Layl is completely, uh, Surah Al Balad is completely skipped. So there's nothing there. So. أخرج ابن جرين وابن أبي حاتم عن قتادة قال لما نعت الله ما في الجنة عجب من ذلك أهل الضلالة فأنزل أفلا ينظرون إلى الإبر كيف خلقت When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spoke about the rewards of paradise all the great rewards of paradise the kuffar mocked this they said what is this how could this possibly happen when they said how could this possibly happen Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed from this, Look at camels, how they were created. Like, why, would, why would anything surprise you from the creation? Look at the track record of this creator. Look at the other things that were created. Like, where did that come from? 
Where did frogs come from? Where did little salamanders with fluorescent green dots come from? Why would they have fluorescent, sometimes fluorescent like magenta on black? Amazing. Little tiny salamanders, right? Or whatever the animal's called. Frogs sometimes. Black with magenta, fluorescent magenta dots on them. Like, where, where did that come from? So look at this earth and see the amazingness of the creation. You wouldn't be surprised that Allah can create anything. Surah Al-Ghashiya. Surah Al-A'la. أخرج الطبراني عن ابن عباس قال كان النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم إذا أتاه جبريل بالوحي لم يفرغ جبريل لم لم يفرغ جبريل من الوحي حتى يتكلم النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم بأوله مخافة أن ينساه فأنزل الله سنقرئك فلا تنسى. So this verse سنقرئك فلا تنسى. We shall recite to you so that you will not forget. Why was it revealed? It was revealed because the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم would have fear. While Jibreel was reciting him to the, the recitation, he would start reciting it out of fear of forgetting it. Then Jibreel salam said, uh, Allah revealed, Just listen. You don't have to recite it back. We will recite it to you so that you will not forget. This is also the dhikr for people who study. If you need to study, right, and memorize like Ibn Ashur or something, repeat, Allah in your salah. Surah Al-A'la, Sabah Ismi Rabbik Al-A'la. Whenever, anytime. Like recite Surah Al-A'la in your salah or um, recite just that ayah, Sanuqri'uka fala tansa, over and over. It's one of those things they say that it helps a lot with memory. Because essentially it's a dua. Yeah. It's a promise of Allah Ta'ala. We will recite it to you so you will not forget. Yeah. What surah did you reach to in Hifz? You go to Qari every day? Let's take one more. Surah Al-Tariq. Let the human being look at for what you were created out of. You were created from like uh, something, just a sticky fluid. And then all of a sudden you become a full-grown adult. إن محمدا يزعم أن خزنة جهنم تسعة عشر فنأكفيكم وحدي عشرة وكفوني أنتم تسعة. So this fool from Quraysh, he used to stand up on the hills and say, who's going to finish Muhammad off for us? Who's going to take care of this for us? Muhammad claims that the uh, keepers of hell are 19. I'll take 10 myself. And you take nine. You all take nine. So he thinks that they're humans his size. Look what you were created out of. In other words, be humble. That's what he's saying. Because you're saying, I can take on the angels of hell. Allah is saying to him, be humble. Right? What were you created out of? All right, let's stop here. And now let's get to the topic of the day, which is what in the world is this astral projection that um, it all came about because, hey, hey, Khabib, could you share that? Could you share that uh, that post that I sent to the Vatawi Boy group? Yeah, put it up just so people have a clue why we're talking about this. Well, I thought it was pretty funny, to be honest with you. It was just all like a joke to me. 
Exciting, excellent at Super Excite Bike. This is from people, uh, Witch Talk Witches or something. TikTok Witches. Warning. Do not try to astral project into New Jersey. I repeat, do not try to astral project into New Jersey. These people are just a joke. Okay, so um, that's the first piece of news. What exactly is this? I'm thinking to myself, it's some kind of black magic or whatever. It is sort of like their world of witches and all that nonsense. Uh, it's an esoteric term to describe trying to have an intentional out-of-body experience. Well, you have an out-of-body experience. Wouldn't you go upwards, not horizontally to another state? Uh, it assumes the existence of a subtle body called an astral body through which the consciousness can function separately from the physical body. Well, we believe that, that too about the ruh. The idea of astral travel is ancient and occurs in multiple, multiple cultures. We have concept like that too, the same idea. Okay, It is sometimes reported in association with dreams and meditation. Some individuals have reported perceptions similar to astral projection. Okay, so... You can't prove it, right? It's just nonsense, essentially. Even if something like that happens spiritually, you can only tell people you trust that won't think you're crazy. All right, and they say that uh, your soul, this subtle body, is attached to the physical body with a small cord, which the Prophet Sallallahu said too, right? We do say that, that there is a small like um, connection between the soul and the body. But if the cord is loosened up, okay, then um, that's if the cord snaps, that's death. All right, so I mean, that's it. That's the big deal. So why would you try to project yourself into the state of New Jersey? Uh, all, you know, the, all this stuff, you know, the stuff that cannot be proven, and all this stuff is it, this is what people do who are basically, yeah, that's perfect. Put it in the side. Yeah, that's perfect. Okay. All stuff like stuff that um, can never be proven is essentially a waste of time. Like you can never prove this stuff. Helena Bla uh, Blavatsky or Blatavsky. Helena Blatavsky, Russian. I mean, she's one of the popularizers of this idea. If you want to take a look at her and be like her when you grow up. She is the founder of the Theosophical Movement, which is basically a form of spiritual, um, type of spirituality. I find all this humorous, to be honest with you. It just makes me... The idea comes from a 19th century mystical system called Theosophy, which claims that we have seven bodies. You claim what you want. You're not proving anything, right? According to John Crow... All right. Um, the Theosophical Society was founded in New York in 1875 by Helena Blatavsky. She claimed to have traveled the world, studied with Tibetan gurus, contacted the dead. Why am I wasting my time? And learned to reach higher planes with Hindus and Buddhists. You have seven bodies, she said. The third is the astral body. People follow this takhif. Okay, look, you're going to make a claim like that. Show us something um, in the world. Let's say the Prophet says, oh, Muslims, you believe these same things. Okay, 
Prophet, he made these claims. People's lives changed and they conquered the world. He did something about it, right? Like proved something. I have no idea. That's the thing. <laughs> oh my gosh. Weird stuff, man. Okay. So this is all this is all wicked stuff. Okay. So this is to me it's part of a pagan religion, Wicca. All right. It's a mixes western esotericism, theosophy, and the occultists. It developed in England around the 50s became much more popular. Okay. It has no central authority and it's about priestesses. I'm not wasting my time with any of this nonsense anymore. Let's go to the question and answer right away. All right, first topic, second topic, you could take that off the screen. All right. Um, spending any more than two minutes on this ridiculous topic is enough. Um, okay, so people want me to address. What's there to address? Andrew Tate became a Muslim or supposedly became Muslim or he prayed. What's there to address? May Allah guide him. That's it. That's all we could say. May Allah guide him. I still don't understand how or why that anybody is taking him to be an, an example of anything. So I'm totally for that. But in that, that aspect that like the guy, his past is pretty bad. That doesn't mean his future is going to be bad. He could turn things around. Like we believe in Toba, but also we're not na naive to think that Toba is going to happen in two seconds. Most people are not like Omar bin Khattab turn himself. So he may enter Islam. He may then go and say some more crazy things and become Muslim and be in the middle like that. But for me, to be to, for someone to become Muslim, that is the right of Allah. That is the right of the Messenger, the one who fulfills God's right and the Prophet's right should be congratulated for, for doing that at least. And then we ask, may Allah Ta'ala then uh, guide everyone uh, to, to, the, to the truth, including him. Uh, the idea that people take him as an example or they listen to him, that's, that's an issue. That definitely is an issue. All right, so aside from that, um, would I ever put him on the pod? He's too, these, these guys are too big. We're, we, I like to be in our little, but I would talk, probably talk to anybody, to be honest with you. I would talk, but I don't know. It becomes like, like everyone's doing it. Like, first he goes with Muhammad Hijab, then he goes to somebody else. Okay, so when it, something becomes just like, it's not, there's nothing original about it after a while. But may Allah guide him to Islam. So, what can we do? But also, we just, when, when we say may Allah guide him to Islam, that doesn't mean we're taking guilt off of things that were bad that he did. Right? So it's not like that's not a, a pass for for things that he harmed and or, or you know whatever harm that he did. So you have to look at things in a, in a you have to splice it up. Tafsil. So uh, on this issue, congratulations and may Allah Taala make you sincere in Islam and follow it. There are certain things as well taking him as like some kind of central figure in some social dialogue. 
No. No. Right? Uh, exciting and is able to get views? Yeah. That means nothing, though. So is Donald Trump. So is so many other people. So is Kanye West. Anyone is excitable and can get views. That means nothing, right? So that. So he. So that. So he's good at marketing. Fine. Good at marketing. So a lot of people are good at marketing. So like the cults, like, hmm? like the after cults, yeah. Yes, anything gets you, like, catches your, yeah, it catches your attention. So he knows how to get people's attention. Maybe he could use that, uh, maybe he could use that for good someday. But also, has he done some damage? Yeah, he's done a lot, probably a lot of damage in the short period of time that he's been popular. I've only heard him for a year now, right? For In that short period of time, I would assume he's done some damage to people's, uh, you know, especially... Guys sending him to some extremes. So I would always look at things for a tough seal and never accept some kind of a binary where you're either for someone or against them. Simple as that. That's how we should look at it. All right, let's take questions and answer. Now, if you put the questions earlier, remember, I try not to scroll up. I want the questions to be live. Okay. How to deal with emotional distress and frustration due to the behavior of Muslim men towards women after they listen to Andrew Tate. Okay, so he did damage, right? The Muslim women are a part of the community and guys listen to this guy, then they turn and I don't know what kind of behavior they do towards Muslim women, but obviously strangers is upset. And so that, so for that reason, as we said, tafsil. Tafsil is to separate things out. You have a past your past harms, they don't just go away. They have to be fixed and addressed. You came on, did something good towards God and his prophet. That's wonderful. You should be congratulated personally for that. That doesn't take away that there is also some damage that was done. Okay? So, it's tough seal. Give everything its right position. Put everything in its right position and break things up. Okay? Yeah, this when you enter Islam, the sins that a person who that has done has been forgiven, but that doesn't necessarily mean uh, um, include the rights that are owed. So, for example, if I smacked you, then I take shahada. I'm forgiven for the malintent towards smacking you, but I still owe you an apology, and you may still get a qisas against me or something like that, right? So if I stole from you, the sin of my stealing is forgiven, but I still have to give back the money. In the case of a person who had done social damage, this yes, the sins of anything that he intended to do would be forgiven, but the damage still has to be made up. You still gotta you gotta mop up. You made a mess, right? You gotta mop up. So that's that's how we have to look at it. Bit tafsil. Okay. Next question. Ali ibn Abi Talib said, a trial is not sent down but due to a sin and is not lifted but with repentance. Yes. Um, I believe that statement is a general statement. Okay. And when he says trial here, 
he means a type of trial. The trials that we sort of cause for ourselves. Right? That's what I believe that he is referring to. It's either that interpretation that he's talking about specific trials or he's talking about it's a general statement that have exceptions. Okay? Because the prophets have the most trials, right? And they they don't have sins between them and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Even if Ahl Sunnah do hold that it is possible for prophets to have minor sins, but what they also hold is that they are informed about it right away, seek forgiveness for it, and never do it again right away. So it's never between them and Allah. It's never like hanging and about to come down in the form of a trial. So then how do we explain those trials? Some trials are just from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yes. Go ahead. Do you have any recommended salawat when mm-hmm. seeking shifa from Allah when trying to have a child? Seeking shifa from Allah when seeking to trying to have a child. There are many. There are many different ones. But if it's if it's shifa in specific, then the salawat is called as salah at tabiyya. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammadin tibbil qulubi wa dawaiha wa aafiyatil abdani wa shifaiha wa nur al-absari wa diyaiha wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam and that is uh, like a panacea it's like a cure for so many things to repeat that 300 times a day and if you can to make part of that in the middle of the night and it's extremely powerful and the, 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 the worst your situation is the more you do in the middle of the night so strangest is saying guys become harsh with their sisters and friendly with kuffar and it's hurting a lot of sisters and make them lose hope in the rahmah. That's damage. Simple as that. It's social damage. So anyone talking morals and stuff has to be somebody who went through some self-purification process. Do you have tips on better time management? Uh, Time management to me is that you only do one thing at a time. That's the only way I know how to do time management. And time management to me, if you ask me, is getting up early, which means sleeping on time. And if you get up, at 4.45 a.m., you're going to have a good day. You're going to accomplish a lot. If you get up at 5.30, you'll have a good day. If you get up in the 6, 6.30 area, you'll have a decent day. If you get up at 7, between 7 and 8, average, anytime after that, it keeps going down. But time management to me, you manage your time by taking advantage of the, of the, really the, the best time to work, which is very early, which means you have to sleep early, which means you have to exhaust yourself in the daytime. And if you can't exhaust yourself, get on the treadmill, right? Get on the treadmill and just walk, even if you're just walking. Put it uphill, right? And just walk. If you do that for 45 minutes, you'll be pretty tired. You'll, you'll go to sleep. And also you have to manage your caffeine so that don't have caffeine at 5 p.m., then wonder why my, my days are messed up. It's because 5 p.m. caffeine 
if you're not if it's not diluted to you right some people just has no effect on them but some people it does you're gonna be you're gonna be asleep until you know you'll be awake until like 2 a.m if you ask me because i'm very sensitive to caffeine personally speaking only the caffeine and coffee not so much for tea Sophia has a question. Who is Asamiri in the story of Sayyidina Musa? And what is the meaning? Okay. Asamiri, he was a person who was not from Bani Israel. He was a Persian. And his mother ended up somehow, ended up on the run. And all alone and ended up in the territory of the Bani Israel. And it is said that she prayed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala after she had her baby in a cave all by herself. And that Sayyidina Jibreel came and helped nurse Asamiri. As a result of that, Asamiri, he had some light inside of himself by which he was able to see Jibreel thereafter. However, Asamiri, he was, he was very gifted spiritually, but he went astray. And he, he was the one who was able to... Um, create the golden calf and he made the golden calf taking some of the leftovers from the dust of Jibril okay that Jibril left behind and placing it on top of the calf to give it a little bit of a spark that bewildered everybody and he went astray and so uh, Sayyidina Musa when he came down his punishment was banishment that nobody could ever talk to him again so that's why the samurais became bad and that's what Helping, uh, being a good Samaritan, right, is a phrase in the English language because the S- Samaritans were known as bad. So being a good Samaritan came, comes from that, right? Uh, the idea that the Samurais were not good. Okay. Everyone will act upon their image and Allah knows best but it may mean one of the meanings of that is your actions will reflect your heart everyone will act which in which it is according to their heart how is your how your heart you'll eventually act like that and Allah Ta'ala knows who is the most guided it also means the end result of all your actions will be based upon your heart Dog saliva is pure in the Maliki Madhab. That is correct. Dog saliva is pure. And it canines in the Maliki Madhab has nothing to do with just actual canines. It has to do with a predator, right? So squirrels have canines, right? But they're not predators. I think squirrels have canines. A lot of animals have canines, but are not predators. Predator means something that hunts other animals. So the predator in the Maliki Madhab is makruh to eat, not haram. What is the best book for Tasawwuf? Habib Omar's Essence of Tasawwuf. Abdullah says, You said you're an Orthodox Sunni but accept Shuaib Malik teaching. Possibility of Muslim believing in the theory of evolution? You talking to me? I am the one who rebutted that. Who's he talking to? Abdullah, who are you talking to? I'm the one who rebutted that on his podcast. And I've rebutted it in my book. And I rebutted it a million times. All over the place. 
There's there's no theistic evolution possible for Adam alayhi salam. It is po- you can believe it if you want for animals. There's no theology in Islam on how animals are created. It's not important. You want to believe that they the pig came out of the dove? Believe all you want, right? A frog came whatever came out of whatever? Believe whatever you want for animals. It doesn't make a difference to us in in Islam. I per- I have a personal belief about how animals were created. That they were created in their final form, male and female. Then they reproduced. That's a personal belief for everything I know about the way in which Allah creates. But that's not a, a, a theologically binding belief. What is theologically binding is to believe that Allah Ta'ala created Adam with no antecedent. Meaning Satan Adam did not have a mammal that gave birth to him or whatever you want to call it. However, these theistic evolutions, uh, believers will have it that, um, like, however you cut it, if you believe in theistic evolution, theistic evolution means it's evolution, but by Allah's will. And it's consistent with the Quran. Okay, so that means at some point, some animal, creature, whatever you want to call it, gave birth to Adam. That means Adam had a mom. That means... He also had a dad, but that they were not human and he became human. The soul entered into him and not them. Where are you getting this from? There's no way to believe this in Islam. There's no proof for that. And on top of that, Allah says that Adam was salsal in kalfakhar, that he was hard in clay. How could you be hard and be in a womb and then be given birth? He was hardened clay. Allah could have created in many ways. He could have created Adam in many ways. He could have created him out of an egg. He could have come out of ground like a plant. But Allah created him directly and there at one with water and mud, the soil, whatever earth, whatever you want to call it. And at that point, he was hardened clay. It's like a statue. He was like a statue. And then the soul came into him. Okay. Allah Ta'ala made him like he was like a statue, like um, a sculpture. And then the soul entered into him. But Hawa was not created like that. Hawa's creation, if you notice, was not, is not described in the Quran. It's described in the Hadith that Allah Ta'ala took a portion of Adam while he's alive and created Hawa out of that. And that was not a long waiting period. So the creation of Adam took a long, many slow stages, but the creation of Hawa was much quicker. Within his nap, she was created right there. Kun kun. So neither did she, was there anything else involved except that she was created from the, 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 the body of Adam. And Adam was created from mud of the earth and water of the heavens. You cannot possibly have theistic evolution be consistent with the Quran. You will have to negate and make allegory at so many verses that your methodology will become shot because if certain verses you make into allegories and they're all allegorical, okay, then at that point, where do we stop with the allegory? Everything will become allegorical after that. So, um, Abdullah, um, I don't know wherever you saw that I had accepted Shoaib Malik's, uh, I don't even know what Shoaib Malik believes until he came out with his book. He's just a guy who interviews me. All right, fine.
If you fa- if you fail to plan, you're planning to fail. That's good. Meaning planning your day out. El Khidr killed a boy based on his future. Yes, that's true. He killed a boy knowing that his if he had lived, he was unique, that he had absolute certainty that if he lived, he would go astray and he would lead his family astray. Does that mean we can be punished for sins we haven't committed yet? No, well, he wasn't punishing him. His killing him was saving him. That's the whole point of Al-Khidr's story is that bad things appear when you do a bad thing to somebody. Currently, you might look like it's a bad thing. But if you had known his future, the way Khidr did, you did him a favor. So uh, this is specific because only Khidr was given this, this knowledge and this permission. Even the prophets, even if given knowledge, they weren't given permission to act upon that because they had a law, Sharia. Muhammad says, Allah says in the Quran, we send down from the Quran what is a cure and a mercy. So is it for physical sicknesses as well? Yes, that, that is true. It's, the Quran can be used for physical uh, cures as well. All right, what do we have from Instagram? We answered the salawats for having a child or for being cured to have a child. Qasim TV says, is there any meaning to a bird knocking on your window? No, there is nothing. Do you have any description of the marshes of Mariqanat? Never heard of it. Maybe I should look it up. It sounds interesting, but I've never heard of it. Uh, if you want to support this live stream, go to patreon.com backslash Safina Society patreon.com backslash Safina Society and support this live stream. You also want to start taking classes. You can go to arcview.org. Today is Hanafi day. Ya Ahnaf. Today is your day, O Hanafites, to study Hanafi fiqh at 7 o'clock. You sign up, you'll get the Zoom link right away. Andrew Tate is Muslim, advice to Muslims who hate him even after he converted. First of all, you don't have to love somebody just because they're a Muslim. You do have to be happy that they took one step towards the truth because that's Allah's right. Allah and his messenger's right has been fulfilled. That should make you happy. After that, if you still choose to not like the person, nothing in Islam says you must like every Muslim. Right. Yet at the same time, I would tell these people also look at some of these other Muslim politicians that we have on the opposite side of the spectrum, like um, from Michigan, uh, Rashida Tlaib and stuff. These, these people aren't Muslim to me. They're complete progressive liberals, right? They're not Muslim. They may have a Muslim name or something, but to me, all their value system is purely and 100% the value system of the progressive left. So, it, to me, it goes both ways. Please give some principles and skills related to logical thinking. Well, I would say study the first, the, the main three principles of mantiq, which is the law of identity, the law of non-contradiction. And if really, if you just did that, that's enough. And you just focus on that. Make sure that every word that you utter, you know exactly what it means. And when you discuss a word with somebody else, you have a set definition for what that means. And then the statement itself, when it's made, it can't have any internal contradictions. 
After that, there's a book, and I wrote a, a short summary of the book on Facebook one time, and I think an article for the Safina Society blog on the 20 most popular logical uh, fallacies. Like, What's an example of a logical fallacy? Namely, for example, that uh, correlation and causation. So uh, correlation and causation, if every single, let's say, uh, Arab country is very poor, that poor, they're poor and dirty. That means Arab is poor and dirty, right? So that's, that's not true. If you go back just 100 years ago, some of these were great cities, right? So correlation and causation, it's, that's a, the most common logical fallacy. But there are 20 logical fallacies, but uh, think about that and, and learn them because it's really good. It's really good. Abrar says the story of the Samari from Tafsir. Yes, you can get it from Tafsir. Uh, from the verses that mention Asamity. Because he's the one who led them into into worshipping the golden calf. Sumaya says, How can I overcome the feeling of hopelessness and frustration while seeking a job? Well, you simply have to tell yourself that chances are, the, the, the more time goes on, the more likelihood that you're going to get a job. And uh, you ha- just have to psych yourself to have sabr. Well, the world was created in six days, right? So you have to have sabr. Just be patient. And instead of thinking about hopelessness, think about the happiness of when you do get a job. Because hopelessness will probably affect your behavior and in such a way that it will probably make you less likely to find a job. If you're hopeless, you're, you're going to behave in a certain way without realizing it in a way that will make it worse for you to get a job. But if every time you go out there, you're like, okay, this is the one I'm going to get, even if you're just acting like it, you probably will behave in, a, in, a, in such a way that will basically earn you a job. So you have to sort of psych yourself in that, in that way. All right, let's see here. Yeah, go ahead. Apart from dua when visiting the graveyard, are there any other recommendation, recommended etiquettes? Yes, is uh, the etiquette of the graveyard is to make dua for all of those in the graveyard, not just your relative. Zafiel says, I read that Ashadis have a disagreement with Maturidis on the pre-eternity of some attributes. Uh, no, we can't talk about this here. And that will require also going into the Maturidi books. Is this Habib in the HQ today? Yes, Habib is at the mic today. You described Nabi Adam with the word sculpture. No, why would that be disrespectful? Sayyidina Adam, a sculpture is not wrong. Nothing, it's nothing wrong with a sculpture. It's haram for us to make because it's mimicking the creation. It's mimicking how Allah created. That's why it's haram for us to make. There's nothing in its essence that is sinful about that. Okay. So for example, uh, when he was at made of clay, he was as a sculpture or a statue, right? That's how he was, meaning clay, hardened clay with no soul in it then the soul came into him so that's this is exactly why statues and sculptures are haram because that was how allah created adam 
So Allah forbade us to do something similar to that. And it's also the way that this is what the idols, uh, uh, idolaters did. They mimicked how Allah created Adam and they made their own idols. Any dua for becoming more decisive. I'm an engineer and I have issues with this. I would say that it's not about necessarily about dua or tawakkul, but it's about knowledge. Being decisive is about knowledge. It's about knowing for sure that this is going to produce that result. Knowing for sure that what we do know and what we don't know. So you always want to break it down. What do we know for fact? So epistemology helps with being decisive, right? Being decisive out of emotion is no good. Being decisive out of a false belief is no good. Being decisive based upon knowledge, that's what's important. Okay. So being decisive based upon that, I know for sure this result is going to get me that. This course of action will not get me this, so I'm going to eliminate it. So I believe that being decisive is more almost like an epistemology. Epistemology, the sources of knowledge. And, and knowledge itself, like how do I know what's going to happen? So you always want to have a black, a gray, and a white. okay, Or like a green light, a red light, and a yellow light. What you know for sure, what you know that you don't know, and that which is in the middle. You go where it's green, you, you uh, go slowly where it's yellow, and you completely eliminate the red. That's how I look at it. The idea of being decisive. What do we have here? Oh my goodness, what is going on with these bots? YouTube, Google, do something. Sophia says, you said student should teach what they learned. It, you should teach what you learned. It's exactly how you learned it and stop right there. And just learn to say the statement, that's all I learned. Okay. Just transmit it. The Prophet said, when you hear something, transmit it exactly as you heard it. And that's it. Don't go any further than that. That's the rule of how a novice... A new student will trans will will teach. Don't interpret. Don't try to do anything else. Just transmit it exactly as you learned it. That's what the Prophet said. Him said. So, uh, why do we do this? Because we really need. Uh, we we need a lot of people. It's all hands on deck. There's a lot of jahl, and there's a lot of people who need help. Hina Muhyiddin, what are you saying? What is the ruling on soccer on the TV? Permissibility. Toxic says, Harris Armin, Amin. Harris Amin, he is taking the Insta questions now. So he may not see it in terms of Hanafi. You should do it later. Harris Amin asked the question. I didn't see that. Harris Amin. I didn't see Harris Amin. Oh, here it is. For the second time, please answer my question about Ayatul Sajda. No, you don't. You just pause and you just say, uh, uh, you just pause and you simply say, Subhanallah, Walhamdulillah, Walla ilaha illallah, or any tasbih when you're doing that. 
You just pause and you do that. And then, uh, by the way, you don't even have to do sajda to tilawa if you're driving the car, right? Um, sajda tilawa, you only do it if you're in a situation where you can make sujood. So you cannot make sujood at that time. So you keep going. And others have said, just pause and make some tasbih in place of the sujood uh, tilawa. Is UFC halal? No, it's not halal to watch. To be honest with you, even though as much as people love Khabib and stuff, uh, and they had a big fight and the big win, it's not a something that's permissible. The hitting of the face is the problem, and also anything that causes bleeding, it be forbidden as a sport. Hitting the face, whether it causes bleeding or not, or breaks bones or not, hitting the body, um, hitting the body. As a sport, if it does not cause bleeding or or damage, maybe it can pass. The wrestling part of it is totally halal. But the other damage parts, it's not halal to do. Therefore, it's not halal to make money off of. It's not halal to watch, right? And I say that with as much people, uh, knowing that everyone loves Khabib and everyone roots for him and they say Allahu Akbar. And, but nonetheless, that's the ruling on it, right? They only said, only the ruling I heard was that the one time that Khabib fought McGregor, that became halal the moment McGregor started saying bad things about Islam, which I found that to be a hilarious fatwa. But it's true, right? Yeah, they give fatwa on that. Out of, out of England, they gave the fatwa. Yeah. Like, you know how they talk back and forth to, like, yeah. promote the fight? Yeah. So if, if the opponent says something about, like, Islam or something, then would there be a fatwa given on it? Like technically, is I guess permissible out of tech, out of <laughs> to tech, beat him up out of technicality. <laughs> I don't think that Habib at the time I knew knew McGregor was just doing non. It was all about nonsense, just getting the fight going. And I think that Habib took it seriously, right? Then Whereas they don't, get the... they don't get that banter. Like those Dagestanis, they're all business, right? And McGregor was like. I'm just messing around, right? And he's trying to promote the fight, but he really pissed off the wrong guy. You know. Dagestan? Well, I think that now it's just like a regular country, but in the past, it's almost like uh, very rustic. And that's why the guys are so strong. Because it's so rustic that it's rough. Everything is rough, right? And that's the best way to train. What's the cure for addiction? The cure for addiction is mental, and it's it's never losing hope. Because addiction will try to make you, you lose hope that Allah Ta'ala can make a change. So addiction is all about not losing hope. The ruling for Sajjit Tilawa that you mentioned, is that Hanafi or Maliki? And that was a Maliki perspective. Who are the people of the Araf, says Mrs. S.? Those, the people of Araf are those who did an equal amount of good and bad. So their situation is that they will be made to sit on a mountain top or a hilltop and they will be made, Ryan, Ahlul they will be made, is Ryan's mic on? Uh, to watch people go to hell and people go to heaven. And that's part of their purification is that they will be, have to watch. People going to hell, and maybe they'll go too. People going to heaven, and they're not. Okay. 
So that is the, those are the people of the Araf. Where do you sign up for your Umrah group? Unfortunately, it's filled. Fortunately, it's filled up. Yeah, Habib, you're going to Umrah? Yeah. Are you taking the Morocco flight? Yeah. Okay. Morocco flight? Yeah, There's a Morocco flight. No, some, some are in Morocco, some are in Emirates. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which one are you? I'm on Emirates. I need to uh, get one more person to take the Morocco flight. Yeah. We have to switch off one more person. Had, had enough, says, have you or will you speak about Abdusalam ibn Mashish? We will, inshallah, someday. Jay Perez, there was an altercation between the Muslims at the event. The day after, they released an apology video with Habib in the middle leading the talk. He's like the mob boys, boss everyone has to answer to. He's totally the mob boss. He's totally the boss. Right? Um, I, I, I'm telling you, I love Habib. I love everything about them. But you can't change the ruling that hitting the face is huh? Simple discussions over. Right? And also, any sport, sport in which damage is done, bleeding, black and blues, or breaking bones, is haram. Discussion over. So, as much as I love the guy for his character... The ruling is the ruling. Okay. Do they have a fatwa to do it? Who knows? Maybe they do have a fatwa to do it. But I don't believe in that fatwa. But he may have a fatwa. Is there a baby at the HQ? Yes, there is. You hear that? Is there a baby? Yeah, there is a baby at the HQ. Petriarch says, please put the translation of the salawat. Hey, could you go to um, go on, the, on Google, go to Salawat Hub, screenshot it, and put it up for everybody. Salah at Tibiyah at salawathub.com or .org. Next question here. What's your opinion on Tahirul Qadri? Have not looked into him much to, to, to form an opinion that has any value. Can you shrink it, the screen, and then it'll be... You know what I mean? I don't know if it does that, but if you shrink your screen, it could be... Or maybe not. All right, let's go to Facebook and see what we have here. Nothing there. Maxwell Mallory, we addressed the question that you're asking already. We've addressed it twice already. Is it haram to watch anime? I don't know what the cartoons are all about. I mean, an adult doesn't need to be watching cartoons anymore, in my opinion, personally speaking. Should we focus more on salawat or istighfar? Is, begin with istighfar, then do salawat. Um, the rebellions and Sheikh Saeed Ramadan al-Bulti. Al-Kurdi, I never knew he was Kurdish. Well, Sheikh Saeed Ramadan al-Bulti on this issue, he held that it was forbidden, all rebellion is forbidden. That was his opinion, period, discussion over. As long as he allow, the ruler allows for the Salah to be established, then Sheikh Sayyid Ramadan al-Bulti, that was his opinion, that there is to be no rebellion at all. Okay. Put that on the top. Okay. See, it's, it's awkward like that. Yeah, that, that works. Um, yeah, that's good. Perfect. Yeah, that's good. 
that was Sheikh Ra- Said Ramadan Bouti's. Uh, yeah, it's good. That's Sheikh Said Ramadan Bouti's position, and that's a valid position to have. I'm not saying it's the only position, but it is a valid position to have. That's that's what my understanding of what the situation was. So he was against these revolutions. No problem. Be against them. There's awful political situation in Pakistan says had enough. Yes. All I know is that it's awful. I have no knowledge about what's going on except for that. What's his name? Imran Khan is facing a whole bunch of abuse and nonsense. And in general, I'm going to support a guy, a Muslim, a guy who, who speaks openly about Islam the way he does. People can get upset about that, but someone who speaks openly says like Salah has changed my life. And he, oh, he does interviews with Muslim scholars, right? And he respects them. That's enough. That aspect I support. I don't know much about the details, but that aspect of him has earned a lot of my respect. That's all I could say about my position on, the, on his politics. Also, if you're Pakistan, in the international world, wouldn't you want a guy like that as your leader, right? Who else are you putting out there? They're putting out some, um, you know, guys with far less, you know, gain far, much less respect. Amin says, why do Muslim imams get PhDs in Western academia? Ask them. I told you why I got my PhD a while back. Can you make a lecture about angels and what kind of free will they have? Yes, we can do that someday. There's an ArcView course on that. Yes, there's an ArcView course. You should get that. ArcView.org. And there's a course uh, on angels. World of uh, angels. Right? Yeah, World of angels. Yeah, which we covered like three quarters of a book. We cover the rest of it someday. How was your weekend, Ryan? Alhamdulillah. It's pretty, pretty good. Awesome. It's good. Maxwell Mallory says, would you go on the Three Muslims podcast? Never even heard of him, to be honest with you. No offense to them, but I've never heard of him. Toxic says, Saeed Abdul, they do what Allah has commanded them to do. They are masoom like prophets. Oh, he's talking about angels. Okay. What do we do, says Happy Lifestyle, if we forget which rakah we're at, you base upon what is less? So if you think it's the second or the third of Maghrib, you assume that you're on the second. So you, may, you will end up having done th- th- correct number of rakahs or one extra rakah. In which case, you will salam out and then do two sujood after the salam. Because you will have either done the correct number of rakahs or you will have done one extra. Since you have done one extra, then at that point... You do two sujood after the salah. Okay? Spammed again by this ridiculous website. Or this ridiculous bot. Does the messenger receive the salawat immediately after we say them or on Fridays? Maybe have some have said immediately when you say them, at the moment you say them. What's a dua for chronic illness and how to mentally dis- deal with having a sickness for life in your youth that's a very heavy topic that we cannot take lightly and we can't you know just uh, throw out a simple answer like that the question is uh, someone he has a, a lifetime sickness in his youth at that point in time you need an actual a very heavy regimen to strengthen your iman so that you can start believing 
that there is a lot of good in this. Only when you believe that there's a lot of goodness will you see the goodness in it. And I believe that that strength of Iman will come by a lot of recitation of Qur'an, prayer of tahajjud, going to masajid as much as you can, and perhaps also reciting one chapter of Dala'ilul Khairat every day. Dala'ilul Khairat every day. So... Again, the question of Allah says in the Quran, whatever strikes you of disaster, it is for what your own hands have wrought, but he does pardon much. Does this mean our calamities is because of our sins? No, it means some, right? Some, the calamity here is the calamity that involves people, societies, and things that we have brought upon ourselves. Not all calamities are from us. Okay. So it is, sounds like it's general, but it's specific. The susujud after salah for mistakes. Do you say one salam before and one and just do the sajda? Yes. So you if you did extra in the prayer, then you you're not going to obviously you're not going to do sujud in the prayer because you already did extra. So if you did something extra in the prayer by accident of course, you salam out, then you do two sujud sahu, then you say the tashahud again, then you salam out again. That's called a badi, a sujud sahu after salah. After salam, sorry. Now, if you omitted something in the prayer, such as you omitted the tashahud, so now you omitted, then you do the sujood as sahu before salam. Then say the tashahud again, then salam out. What is your opinion? I answered that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I only had a good opinion of Tahrul Qadri. I don't know about his politics, but uh, Daydream of Autumn. I'm sorry, I didn't keep up. Uh, but yeah, because the Almana group, this is our first time going without an admin. It's just us. There's no helpers. Okay. So we wanted to be a bit conservative. So we did 40 seats only to the local community. So that's the that's basically what we did, and so but in the future we're gonna have big bigger Umrah groups and we'll open up to everyone here first. What are the questions am I asking about, Joanna? How can I stay positive while learning to read the Quran? I have immense difficulty, which hinders my performance. The more difficulty, the more reward. And we know that Sayyidina Bilal, he could not say the S, right? The more difficulty, the more reward. SR, uh, SR, this book that you're talking about, put it in the garbage, khalas. It's nonsense. Can I give salawat in sujood, says Patriarch. Yes, you can. Rai, what do you have for us today? What's your wisdom that you, that you have for the crew? You always have wisdoms. I'm going to be in Long Island, by the way. <laughs> what? What's going on? Yeah. Babies are great. They're the future. And also, they, they, they're, they're living in a, like a happy world. You know, 
All right, we could remove the Salah because uh, that paste because the Instagram is messed up with it. What's on, what's on Long Island? Mm, uh, Long Island. This uh, Friday, Mufti Rafiq. So, Jama, And then two talks in the evening. Lunch in the middle. Go to someone's house, crash for a little bit. Then go to the... There's like a youth talk. And then uh, the, the community talk. So, anyone wants to go to Long Island... I know it's not to go to Long Island. Uh, what's the message called that Mufti Rafiq is in? I don't know who that is. Oh, okay. He's a very popular guy on Instagram. But uh, let me tell you where I'm going. Where is Long Island? Long Island? It's going to be an hour drive. That's not bad. Yeah, it's not bad at all. Eric Karachi sent it all. Okay, here we go. Um... I should probably put this up. Masjid Noor, Long Island. 1032 Park Ave, Huntington, New York. Huntington, New York. So whatever that, wherever that is. I think that's where Walid is from. No way. Actually not. The Walid, our Walid. <laughs> yeah. So anyone wants to come to that, I'll be there for Juma. then I'll be there at 6 o'clock for the youth. And then... Well, it looks like brothers, boys only. So the first one is brothers halakha. And then uh, 7.45, it is um, the whole community. I, do, I did learn something today. What did you learn? So basically, uh, um, I was watching Esra al-Rashid video. Yeah. Jake Esra al-Rashid. Mm-hmm. And he was saying that uh, all the souls were gathered in Adam Arwah. Yeah. And Allah says, Allah subi rabikum. Uh-huh. And he said, Bala shahidina. So he said that the first word ever uttered, and the Prophet was the first one to respond. And the mm. first word ever uttered by our souls, or the yeah. first letter was Ba. So he was saying that this is significant about why the Quran, 113 out of 114 surahs, start with Ba. The Ba? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like the connections he makes yeah. are just like wild. <laughs> that's that's uh, some serious esotericism there. Yeah, like two minutes into the video. Yeah, <laughs> I need to watch that video. This is a different one. Oh, it's, it's different. On death. TT Ansari is a study Quran. Okay, to read, I wouldn't read it. No, it's got a lot of things that are outside of Ahlus Sunnah. There's a lot of things from outside of Ahlus Sunnah that are in the book. That's why a lot of people were against it in the first place. Are boots made from pork leather halal to wear in Maliki fiqh? That, the rukhsa, we have a rukhsa for leather, but we have a little, but I never heard that the rukhsa extends to pork leather. Not because, because it's all leather that is from a meta is najis. All leather that's from something dead is najis. And there's an exception made for cow leather, right? So I would have to ask before I uh, go into that. Yeah, because for us, the pig itself is not nudges, right? It's If it's dead, then it becomes nudges by death, not by itself. It, okay. So then the tanning in the Madaki Madhab, to tan something and dye it and tan it, does not purify in the Madaki Madhab. Unlike the Shafi method. Okay. 
does not it does not um, purify. So there is an exception to use leather of the cow as an exception. So we in the Madiki method we don't make PS on exceptions either. But I have to make sure that that uh, I just have to double check. I can't make tell you yes or no without asking for sure. Is it alhamdulillah permitted to say in sujood? Of course, why not? Why not? How do you behave towards a Wahhabi? Should we recite Qasida Burda at them? <laughs> uh, well, if you do, record it and send it to me. It's probably going to be an entertaining result. Oh, oh, yes. no, uh, someone at the masjid the other day yeah. gave me a wisdom. What was he it? Gave me a wisdom. So he was. we were talking at like 4 a.m. at the masjid. Um, and he was telling me a story about, you know, some people who have a tariqah. And they were telling this Salafi scholar that um, he was like, you know, my students... You know, you're a scholar, and my students are way above. Every single one of the students at my uh, school is way above what level you're at. Because I guess the scholar was like giving a talk or something. So where was this? Turkey. In Turkey. Yeah. You went to Turkey? No, no. The person. Oh, was oh someone me. was telling you. Yeah. So he was he was saying that our students, our students at our school, are way at the Salafi school. No, no, at the Sufi school. Oh, at the Sufi school. Okay. Or, are way stronger than your scholars. Yeah. Okay. Like you, the. Sufi Sheikh was yeah. telling the Salafi scholar that yeah. at an event or something. Okay. And the Salafi scholar was like, I doubt that. Like, okay. And then the Sufi Sheikh was like, Come, see, and uh, and we'll and you'll be able to tell. Okay. So when the Sufi Sheikh went back to his school with all of his students, he said, When when anybody comes in the door, don't give them salams. Don't give anybody who walks in his door salams or don't respond to their salams. So then he calls in the sheikh that he was debating with, the Salafi guy, and he says, Salaam Alaikum, and none of the students answer it, and the guy starts going off. He's like, what's wrong with you? This is the sunnah of the Prophet, yeah. you have to respond to it. And then, and then another student comes in from the students. He walks in, and he says, Salaam to all the other students, and they don't answer again. And the guys and the students like, what have I done wrong? What? How have how have I, you oh, know, how have I done wrong to you? How can you forgive me for what I've done and everything? Yeah. And then it's just like that. That's it. That he yeah. demonstrated the reactions. Yeah. That was brilliant. Subhanallah. That is brilliant because your adab essentially is your knowledge. If knowledge does not translate into adab, then it's empty knowledge. Yeah. And people That's are always heavy. like projecting too. Yeah. Out- outwards, like everything has to be. Oh, I'm learning this knowledge so I can debate somebody. Yeah. I'm learning this knowledge so I can, you know, seem smart to other people. Or yeah. Or it's, uh, uh, and it, or it's that you read something uh, that's haram, you start seeing it in everyone else while not seeing it in yourself. Whereas uh, we have in Tasawwuf, like having excuses for people. Like, why don't you see that aspect for them? That there's stages of growth. You should be able to see that aspect in them too. Ladies and gentlemen, we have to stop here. Days are getting shorter. Right. Days are getting shorter and Maghrib uh, Asr is getting closer and we're actually going to start be praying Dhuhr uh, before the stream from now on. Should be. All right, folks. Jazakumullah khairan. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika nashadu an la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka natubu ilayk wal asr inna al-insana lafi khusr illa al-lazina amanu wa aminu al-salihat wa tawasaw bil-haq. وتواصل بالصبر والسلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته